0: everyone, and welcome back to Newswire. I'm Kira O'Loughlin, and I'm joined today by Anya Boyle and Sabrine Donahue.
1: On today's show, DCU held their annual Diversity Week. A protest took place last Saturday to demand that the new National Maternity Hospital be free from religious influence. Irish citizens are to be granted more US visas. And finally, how much are we all spending on Christmas? Is it too much? But firstly, we have our hourly news bulletin.
0: Good afternoon, it's six o'clock, I'm Kira O'Loughlin. A 16-year-old student has been awarded more than €30,000 in damages in the circuit civil court after being injured when she swallowed a chocolate spread bagel containing minuscule shards of glass. Jamie Lee McAdams sued Ferrero UK Limited, manufacturers of branded chocolate and confectionery products. Aldi have warned customers of a fake voucher claiming to be from their supermarket circulating online today. The voucher, which has been shared among WhatsApp users, claims the company is celebrating their 50th birthday and want to say a huge thank you to customers. It reads, we are giving away hundreds of free 125 euro vouchers. The link claims there is only a finite number of vouchers left and asks customers to complete a short survey to claim their voucher. The state has admitted liability in two of a number of claims brought against it by Garda whistleblower Morris McCabe, the High Court has heard. Mr Justice Kevin Cross was informed today that liability had been admitted in a personal injuries claim brought by McCabe against the Garda Commissioner, Ireland and the Attorney-General. A major Irish sportsman is alleged to have raped a woman in Dublin between late on Sunday night and the early hours of yesterday morning. Pier Street Garda station is currently investigating these claims. The alleged incident is said to have taken place in a hotel. And finally, Prime Minister Theresa May was briefly locked inside her car this morning when she went to meet German Chancellor Angela Merkel in Berlin. Mrs. Merkel watched from a red carpet as she waited for Miss May to exit the car, while officials tried pulling on the door handles to let her out. Social media users found irony in the awkward moment, as the Prime Minister had to remain in the car. This comes a day after Theresa May postponed a planned vote by MPs on the current Brexit deal, which will be brought back to the House of Commons before January 21st. It remains cloudy tonight with light, misty showers this evening and temperatures between 9 and 10 degrees Celsius. That's your weather and that's all the news for now. Remember you can keep up to date with us on Facebook and Twitter at DCUMPS News.
1: ...that will grant Irish citizens the right to access thousands of US visas every year. Currently the E3 visa exists only for Australian citizens with a cap of 10,500 visas available every year. With Australia never reaching its cap on the E3 visas, it leaves up to 5,000 visas per year, which are currently being proposed to be given to Irish citizens who wish to work and, and live in the United States. The Australian Government in Canberra initially had concerns regarding the bill and the possible detrimental effect that it may have on their own citizens, but have since decided to work alongside the Irish Embassy to secure improvements to the current scheme. The bill will not be the bill will not be passed into law until it receives unanimous support from US senators. As it currently stands, three senators remain undecided on the bill, with efforts being made to persuade them to agree with the implementation of the bill so that matters can further proceed. The vote on the bill was put on hold while Washington DC focused on the memorials for the late George Bush. The E3 visa lasts for two years but can be extended indefinitely. They allow for the spouses of the visa recipients to work in the US, but not for their children. In an effort to secure these visas for Irish citizens earlier the year, the Irish government eased off on restrictions on US citizens retiring to Ireland. Those that wish to qualify for the E3 visa will be required to hold a bachelor's degree or its equivalent in a specific field. They must also acquire sponsorship from an employer in the US. According to Irish-born immigration lawyer Fiona McEntee, Irish candidates are very attractive to American companies as they are well-educated and employers will be willing to sponsor people if they find the right candidates. At present, the visa that most Irish people apply to work for in the US is the H-1B visa, of which also requires sponsorship by a US employer. According to Independent Senator Billy Lawless, it is his hope that in addition to creating future flow, Irish immigration to the US that many undocumented Irish will also
2: qualify for this scheme. A report by Retail Ireland found that Irish households will spend an average of €2,690 this Christmas. Consumers will spend €866 more during this time than any other calendar month, while Christmas sales increased this year by 3% to 4.65 billion euro from 4.5 billion euro in 2017. Retail Retail Ireland's director Thomas Burke said in a press release that there has been a surge in overseas online purchases, particularly with with the recent Black Friday sales, so the challenge is to convince shoppers to buy in store. Retailers are seeing a trend in the purchase of luxury goods which is expected to continue during the festive period, although discounts are happening further away from Christmas this year. Consumers now have a similar purchasing purchasing power to that of 2008, while consumer goods have decreased in price by 10% since 2013. With this in mind, I asked ECU students about their spending during Christmas time.
3: Probably around
2: 70 80 Euros. Um, I'd spend about 50 or 60 euro on presents just this year, because I do Secret Santas now with my friends just to like bring down the budget of how
0: much I spent. Um, it usually goes up to the hundreds, I think. There's kind of pressure, like being in a relationship, there's pressure obviously to get a good present for them, and then now that like I'm kind of a working student, there's also pressure to buy presents
4: for family and stuff as well. So it usually goes into the hundreds.
3: Uh, less than 100 euro.
4: Um, well I'm a bit stingy, so maybe like 15 euro per person, it kind of depends on the person. Like my mum, I'd probably spend like well, 20 euro, my boyfriend 20, my sister 20, but then like college friends, like a tenner.
3: 150 euro? Uh, probably about 100 or 150 euro on presents.
4: Do you prefer to do your Christmas
2: shopping online or in store?
3: No, I mean, purchase in stores, yeah.
2: No, I'd go out to town and
1: get all my stuff outside. Usually online, just because um. I don't usually have time, as like you know, a working student to get into stores. So I find it easier to purchase online.
3: Um, a bit of both.
2: Do you purchase any luxury goods?
3: I usually buy like around comic esque kind of things, so not really luxury goods because that's what my friends and family are into. So
2: I just get affordable stuff for my friends and family.
3: Uh, no, I don't get anything too extravagant. No, wouldn't be clothes as much as kind of like techy stuff just for other members of my
2: family. Do you find it's a struggle as a student to set aside money for Christmas? Like last year I hadn't got a job so it was really hard to have the money for, but this year I have a job and I still
0: find it hard to have enough money. Especially as a student, you know, there's um a lot of pressure, you know, you have to pay for bus, you have to pay some people have to pay for rent and it's hard to save along with that when you can only work part time. So I definitely think there is, yeah.
5: Oh yeah, so I work part time at the weekend so I have a bit of money, but um I probably spend less than the normal person because I don't have a girlfriend at the moment, so that's that's a big saver for me. So,
4: <laughs> yeah, no, I kind of save for most of the year for Christmas and for these things. Like I'm working only part time, so I only do like seventeen hours a week, and then like I need to plan for driving lessons and insurance and everything else. So it's definitely difficult.
2: <laughs> this is Sabrine Dunneho for DStv FM News.
0: So Christmas is said to be the most wonderful time of the year. But it can also be very stressful for people. So how much do you all spend on Christmas? As students, all we really can afford is the bare minimum. But do you think most people, especially students, still feel like they have to spend a lot?
1: Yeah, I think I don't think anyone can get away with not buying their loved ones anything for Christmas. It's a lot of pressure. And especially in recent years when, for a lot of people, maybe Christmas doesn't have the same magic as it always did. And, um, you know, when you get older, you realize that, you know, these presents don't come, f- they don't, you don't, you don't get them for free. So there's, there is a lot of pressure on people to try and spend a lot of money on presents to kind of make Christmas seem magical. Um, but I don't think that people necessarily have this money to spend. So no, it's a big I, issue.
0: I think as well, I mean, um, from the students that sabrine talked to you know a lot of them were saying you know i'm spending 15 euro i'm spending 20 euro Mm. but when you have like you know two parents siblings Mm -hmm. friends you know 15 to 20 euro racks up still so
1: quickly and even like you know you have your college friends and you have your friends at home and everyone's looking to do like chris kindle and all that kind of stuff and i just don't think that people necessarily have the money for it so I know in a lot of cases, people do set boundaries. They'll be like, okay, we'll only spend a tenner on a Chris Kindle present for each other. And I, it's it's a nice sentiment, but often it's not even worthwhile and it ends up being quite a waste of money. And I think that is a big problem th- as well. You buy people gifts and they might not necessarily even want it and you have wasted a lot of your money doing that.
0: And do you think as well, like, do you guys, you know, do you feel like you have to buy presents for friends? Because personally now... I have a Chris Kindle with all my friends from school. There's about 12 of us. Mm-hmm. And it's a thing that, you know, every year we do this Chris Kindle. Yeah. But we've said this multiple times. It's never about the presents. It's always about us meeting up because yeah. we don't get to see each other that much. Mm-hmm. So it's always about making a night out of mm-hmm. it. And, you know, you know we spend, we, the, the maximum we can spend is 20 euros. So we do have a bit of fun mm-hmm. in getting the presents. But, I mean, that even I- if we weren't doing that Chris Kindle, I wouldn't buy all 12 of them presents. No, definitely Do you know what I mean? So I feel like Chris Kindles are great, but sometimes they're actually an added expense Mm -hmm. because you wouldn't actually... Like, I know myself growing up, we never got friends presents because Mm -hmm. that would just rack up way too much. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, Um, yeah, just to add to that, um, just even if you want to spend even 15 euro, less than 15 euro, it's so hard to... Find something that you might think someone will appreciate or Mm -hmm. like, and and especially nowadays, a lot of people are into like branded items, and a lot of the people that I talk to, um, especially with like um, trends on Instagram and you know in general social media, um, yeah, people are really into branded um, items now, like brands like Fila and like Nike, like, Mm -hmm. um, so I think people kind of feel. Mm, if you don't get them something branded they might well that's not a very good sign of being a good friend but they might might (laughs) drop them (laughs) like why did you get me this Like, it seems a bit like cheap Mm -hmm. of the person
0: I think I think it's always you know I mean I suppose I was just saying you know Chris Kindle could be not at expense but the other side of it is that you're putting a price on it I think a lot of people can feel pressure for you know I know at the moment like my sister would always buy me a more expensive gift than I buy her. Mm-hmm. But we have this understanding that she's working and I'm not working, yeah. I'm a student. Um, so I think things like that are fair enough. But other people mightn't think that way. Other people might feel that because you know, every year their sibling or friend is getting them a gift that costs that much that they have to step up to yeah. it. And then it's nearly a question of, like, is that person actually buying a present, like an expensive gift because you know they want to or you know is there a sense of showing off Mm -hmm.
2: yeah exactly i think i'm the same um with my group of friends um as you kira we like well for the past couple years we've like agreed or we asked each other oh are we doing gifts this year and if someone's like tight on money then we're all like oh it's all right um and like not each of us not every one of us works um so yeah um but I never I don't do Chris Kindle because I just find um, I prefer getting my close friends gifts. And I feel like like when they open it and they really like love it from mm-hmm. the like truly. And I think that's a lot that brings across the true meaning of like getting people gifts rather than. It's know. so true,
0: isn't it? I mean, getting a gift that, you know, your loved one is going to like really is you know, I think I'm well, I remember when I was younger, when you know Santa came, and mm-hmm. um, you know you always heard people going on, a, but it's about the giving, and you're like, yeah, right. <laughs> and then when you get older, you actually really do get when when you've put thought into a gift, doesn't matter what it costs, you really do get a buzz out of seeing yeah. the other person opening yeah. it, don't you?
1: Absolutely, and I think that is the magical part of Christmas, and um, but often it can get lost in the whole kind of consumer um commercial kind of side of things but no when you when you put thought in and it's really appreciated it's a very like gratifying feeling but unfortunately it's quite difficult to to do that I think and um it's just I think for people who maybe don't have a lot of money the pressure is really there this time of year yeah
0: yeah, I think I know, you know, kind of getting away from students now, in all fairness, unless a, a lot of there are students who do have kids. But I suppose my sympathy with um, talking about expenditure at Christmas really would lie with, you know, parents yeah. who have to get um, their children Santa presents. Absolutely. And I mean, it's absolutely crazy. Every year you hear it on the news about um, some woman or man who is out of work and is living on um, benefits mm-hmm. and they're taking out loans to get their children yeah. Christmas presents. See, I think that's the problem. That's where I'd have a problem with Santa mm-hmm. because, uh, I mean, I've heard of people, there's this argument at the moment, it's like, you know, is Santa wrong because we're lying to our children? And I wouldn't agree with that. But my only problem is is that, you know, children are taught that Santa, um, you know, is magical and you know his elves make the gifts so they don't know that mm-hmm. their parents are spending money yeah. on so they're expecting it and they mm-hmm. they won't understand no. that you know and
1: i think when a question that i always had when i was a child was that like you know all the like poor children in africa why don't they like get any gifts mm-hmm. yes, i that I, I do like yeah, exactly. i like
0: remember like, my parents used to say to me that um Santa couldn't go to where the children live because there was too much war. Oh. That's horrible. Isn't
1: that, <laughs> <so> <laughs> I know. Isn't that
0: really sad? But I in know. my head, it made sense. I was yeah. like, that yeah. makes perfect yeah. sense. You w-
1: it would like be justifiable as a child. But um, even like when oh. you're in school <sighs> and people are kind of bragging about Santa got me this, Santa got me that. Yeah. And you're like, oh, Santa didn't get me that or whatever. Yeah. But like, parents are it. trying their best this time of year. But yeah. it's just people really can go to extreme ends of of it
2: mm. did you guys ever have um to do like the shoe box yes
0: in i loved and doing them
2: they're a was really nice idea i think yeah, yeah they um, were and to really like teaches kids about yeah like the meaning and the meaning of christmas and what you're saying the pressure for of, pa- of parent for parents or <laughs> on parents getting kids uh gifts for their kids Um, i think you know if they're getting such expensive give, gifts it does teach the kids kind of like a sense of I wouldn't say a sense of entitlement but like they expect more each year yeah. and yeah I guess the thing the shoebox um, giving at school um, to charity was really a way of teaching um, kids to be grateful and like to think mm-hmm. of other people and stuff. Yeah. yeah and just going back
0: to um
2: sabrine when
0: you were talking about the report from retail ireland Mm. earlier so you said that well the report stated that um irish households will spend an average of 2690 euro this christmas Mm. i actually thought that was quite low when you Mm. think i mean it sounds really high but i think definitely households with um children three or four kids would spend more
1: they probably would Mm um mm-hmm. i know every year like my parents would always have set like a budget but um of how they how much they to spend on each child that kind of thing but um i i think that would be quite an average um,
0: i think i mean it, it it is very high like when you mm-hmm. take into consideration um minimum wage in yeah. ireland that mm-hmm. would be god minimum wage is, i think it's about 1700 a month so i mean that's way over yeah and that's Mm -hmm. just for Christmas yeah I mean it is absolutely insane when you think about it
1: and then for people you know living in Dublin in the middle of a housing crisis with rents like skyrocketing it's so much pressure this time of year especially Mm -hmm. if you have children
0: definitely and what would just going back on you know Santa and you know how much it really does cost for parents to do Santa and the pressure the, like immense pressure they feel to ha- that they have to get their children these toys they ask for like do you think I mean I I was thinking about this the other day like why doesn't Santa bring like the stocking you know and then parents give the big gifts mm. yeah.
1: does anyone do that <laughs> no I like my parents always gave a little stocking and then santa brought the big gifts but
0: oh your parents did the stocking yeah. yeah oh really yeah oh no ours was just it was Pops all San- santa it was all yeah. santa yeah mm-hmm. the stocking and and all the gifts then my parents got us a gift as well because if they didn't oh, really? get us a gift we would have been like what the hell like yeah. why is santa yeah. getting us gifts and you're That's not but it always would have been something small that yeah. they got us but like i just think it's insane they were getting us stockings santa gifts
2: and Gifts from them <laughs> on top of it, like I know, it's, it's crazy. That's um, absolutely insane. Yeah, they probably a lot of parents don't want their kids to feel left out at school, and they yeah they just want their kids to be happy. But um, taking out a loan yeah, for that though, it's not like no, in not like I
0: I really that. do feel for parents who do that, and I understand why they do we need to do something because the pressure can't be there that they're in debt for the rest of the year and can't afford food mm-hmm. but can afford Christmas presents yeah. you mm-hmm. know and that does like people think it's mad um, when you say that but
2: every year it's in the news every single year But well, apparently now um, the director of Retail Iron did say that retail prices have been falling but at the same time if you look at um, just the wage is it's not <laughs> like that much higher and um, it's um, and Households are spending two hundred and sixty thousand six hundred and ninety euro a month. But my question is if you're is that including like you no know, Christmas dinner presents? I think so. It sounds like it, it sounds like it includes everything. But I mean So if you if people are can reuse some things from previous years and you know, not get such extravagant gifts, like to me that's a like that's a high that's a high uh, figure a high oh figure yeah Christmas yeah thousands. I mean dinner just be a couple hundred and it's then are you getting ex- like
0: it is expensive are you my like mom bought <laughs> just the well ordered just the meat yesterday just the turkey and ham when it was a hundred euro I wow. know I actually
1: couldn't believe it when I realised how much and I
0: said shouldn't be cost. eating that then <laughs>
1: classic (laughs) vegan
0: (laughs) (laughs) um yeah well uh that's it for our panel discussion today uh we're going to take a quick ad break now but make sure to stay tuned in as tom douglas reports from the recent maternity protest and i talked to catherine gallagher a student living with scoliosis and a muscle myopathy about a new scheme set up by dcu which hopes to help the employabilities for people living with disabilities protests took place last Saturday in Dublin streets to demand that the new National Maternity Hospital be free from religious influence. The site is owned by the Religious Sisters of Charity and there has been growing concerns that services such as IVF treatment and abortion will not be available if it is run under religious ethos. Members of the Irish Council of Civil Liberties, the National Women's Council of Ireland and the Union of Students in Ireland, as well as a number of politicians, attended the demonstration at the spire. Our reporter Tom Douglas saw People Before prophet T.D. Breed Smith, Emma Allen from the Abortion Rights Campaign and Anne Conway, who has been campaigning on this issue since the 70s, speak at this protest.
3: And let me say just two, three points in the two minutes I have. First of all, that history has taught us a very tough lesson in this country. We know that a symbiotic hand-in-glove relationship between church and state is really dangerous for women, particularly for women having babies and women choosing not to give birth. And we know therefore that we must resist at all costs the inclusion of any sense of Catholic ethos in our publicly funded maternity hospitals. And, we, and as Roisin and Mary have both stressed, we need a secular hospital for a secular state. And the thing is, the people of Ireland are very, very clear about that. We are the people who have fought for decades for the protection and respect for the health and safety and freedom and rights of women. and we will. We will not relinquish that. We do know we need a new maternity hospital and that it is urgently required. But that does not require us to sacrifice the well-being and the rights of women now, but also the well-being and the rights of women in the future. And yet again, I say to you, I think of my daughter. I think of my granddaughter. I think of generations to come. So I ask you, what difference does 10 days make? Let us get this right. Let us not sign anything until we are 100% sure that the land on which this hospital is built belongs to the state, belongs to us. It's been over six months since Ireland voted for free, safe,
5: legal, and local abortion services. It's time everyone got real about repeal. Since May 25th, 1,926 people have had to leave Ireland to access an abortion. 642 have had to take pills alone and unsupported by their doctors. We've watched as the legislative process moves slowly along. We've worked to make sure as many people as possible um, can access the care they need at home. It's been over six months and now we're seeing people saying we should wait even longer. Pregnant people cannot wait. How many more people should have to travel? How many more people should have to go through the ordeal of airports and flights and clinics abroad instead of their hospitals and clinics at home? Crisis pregnancies happen every single day in Ireland. Not everyone can travel. Not everyone can buy pills online. People need free, safe, legal and local abortion care and they can't afford to wait for it. It is time to get real. It's time to put pregnant people back at the heart of the issue. It's time for sensible, patient-centered care. It's time for free, safe, legal and local abortion services. We repealed the eighth and so far nothing has changed we were promised delivery of services on january 1st there cannot be delays not in our health care we won't stand for it
6: thank you a child would be able to understand that there is a major dilemma if we think that the sisters of charity a catholic congregation is going to hand over its land and its control to a maternity hospital organized and run on a secular basis whereby abortions are going to be practiced. It just is not going to happen. It doesn't doesn't fit, it can't happen. So uh, our next speaker, so the fact that the state thinks it's going to, there's a credibility gap here. So uh, our next speaker is uh, Breed Smith, uh, from People Before Profit. Reid has done huge amounts on issues like this. This uh, new maternity hospital must be publicly owned, publicly funded, publicly controlled, and the church need to get their hands off our ovaries, as we say, in those marriages. I've just been speaking to a very good friend of mine, Deirdre Rodding. She came up from Wexford today, and she said she wouldn't miss this occasion because she was in a mother and baby home in Bessborough run by the Sisters of Charity and she carries the memory and the pain and the the, the 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 mark of that experience in her life in her heart and with her family and she is insisting as many women in this country who have gone through that experience will do that the Sisters of Charity and the church should have no more no more to do with the lives of women and their reproductive health or anything else to do with our health in the future. Could you imagine a state who's willing to spend up to 400 million, let's put a round figure on it, on a public hospital, to be run in public interest, so they say, but then are leaving a very creative ambiguity about the historical role of the church in that hospital. Simon Harris stood up in the door last week and under pressure made a statement that he's guaranteeing that there'll be no Catholic ethos in the hospital. Dr. Ronan, uh, whatever her name is, from the... Um, Halle Street, O'Mahony, thank you, I'm always doing that. Dr. Ronan O'Mahony said again this morning that there'll be no Catholic ethos in that hospital. I want to argue that that creative ambiguity We haven't seen a deal. They're talking about it for two years. They're leasing back the land instead of handing it back to the state. And they tell us they have a public interest director on the board. Well, that did us a lot of good when it came to the banks, didn't it? I don't think it's good enough. I think it's reflective of a government that is fudging on the question of the separation of church and state that is coming under its own internal pressures that there's mandarin's in the department of health, that there's legacy throughout the hospital institutions, and that there is a wedding between the church and the state that absolutely must be subject to divorce. And we're the only people that can guarantee that that happens. I understand Sister Mary Aikenhead is in the process of being made a saint. Well, the best to look to her, but she's not going to be a saint at the expense of Irish women any longer. Separate Church and State Publicly Owned Hospital.
0: Diversity Week took place in DCU last week from the 3rd to the 7th of December. This is a week dedicated to celebrate people who have different backgrounds to the norm. In this week, a new scheme called DCU Ability was introduced. The project will be in collaboration with St Michael's House and hopes to help the employabilities for people living with disabilities between the ages of 18 and 29. It is a 12-week programme which hopes to improve the confidence of people living with disabilities. I spoke with Catherine Gallagher, a DCU student living with scoliosis and a muscle myopathy, about her views on the new scheme and how DCU could be more accommodating to students living with physical disabilities. So DCU are starting a new scheme called DCU Ability. So basically it will be a 12-week programme in collaboration with St Michael's House and basically it hopes to build the confidence and employability of people living with disabilities so do you think this is a good idea and would you consider doing this course yourself
4: i do welcome the initiative um, unemployment for people with disabilities whether that be intellectual or physical has been um, an ongoing issue and unemployment amongst we, we hear an awful lot now about unemployment coming down and our empl- unemployment rate for November of this year year's lowest has been in 10 years. However, we don't talk about the fine print of unemployment amongst people with disabilities, which is up. I know the ESRI last year had figures of, I think it was around two thirds of people with disabilities were unemployed. Now, this scheme, the thing with any scheme is that once it is announced, once it's launched, it's going to happen. And I don't think this is going to kick into action until the springtime. From what I understand, uh, the thing with these schemes is that they get lost in translation after it's been announced and the most common thing that people with disabilities and their families say is that information is one of the hardest things to get. Uh, So the key for DCU and St Michael's House now is to collaborate, link in with other organisations like Inclusion Ireland or Enable Ireland to let them know. Hello, we, we this this is the scheme that we have. We feel that this might benefit your your clients and your members because um, unless maybe you're in DCU and saw that the college you did an article on it or that DCU FM or, or that Newswire are doing a piece in it, you might not um, you might not know about it. So So do you worry
0: that, you know, kind of students outside of DCU won't hear about this and this and it's kind of this initiative set up just to kind of say, look, we have this more so than actually getting the word out there and getting people to take part in the programme.
4: I do, well, there is a coincidence that the uh, launcher was announced on uh, International Day for People with Disabilities and and McGrath came in to uh, launch it. Um, Now, having said that, I don't know the fine print, so I don't know um, if I will take part in this or not. I think that uh organizers behind the scheme need to make it clear if it is for people with all kinds of disabilities, if it's more suited to people with intellectual or physical because um th- those things are kind of handled separately, even the way that you might communicate um you you would not communicate maybe the same with someone with an intellectual disability than you would with someone who just has a physical challenge um so they need to really make sure that they um, that they tailor that. However, that I do see it as a more centred approach, a more centred person type of an approach compared to other schemes, because the reality has been down through the years with similar schemes, um, that a person's aspirations do not do not uh, match the choices and options available to them. So hopefully due to the fact that this is a more centred approach from what I hear, that that problem will not be as um will not stand out as much yeah i think like you know they said that this scheme will be
0: you know very individual so Mm -hmm. the individual will kind of it will be catered to their needs but yeah i think you're right they need to kind of say if it's gonna be for either intellectual disabilities or physical disabilities um but just one question i had is just you yourself like do you ever worry about getting employed after college due to having a disability?
4: Um, I think unfortunately it's something that does bear on my mind a, a lot. And um, even let's say in college, I have to double check every semester that I have my hours with my with my PE. Um, there have been schemes in the past where people have been able to have an assistant, um, but these either as part of solace, I think, which used to be false. Um, I have heard stories that, you know, access to these assistance isn't as as feasible as it was maybe before. Um, However, I think that we need to remember that when you take on someone with a disability into the workplace, they are someone that has had to adapt their whole life and that they are able to think outside the box. And that is a quality that they can bring to the job at hand. And I don't Mm -hmm. think that that should be overlooked. And as well as that, I have found, um, people like myself, kind of without sounding pretentious, have to grow up quite fast. Which means that you have to your communis your communication skills really have to, uh, kind of progress at a at a more faster rate. I suppose in comparison to to other people. So, um, people, uh, with disabilities, you, people with disabilities can bring a lot, a new perspective, a new way at looking at mm-hmm. things, um. Possibly being more time efficient as well. And um, we rely, we, like the community would rely on technology a lot. So we, we bring IT skills to the table as well. Um, but mainly th- being able to think outside the box. And you might be surprised at some of the ideas that could be brought to the table then. Brilliant. And
0: what else could DCU do to make college life easier for you? Do you think a scheme like this is just the first step of many? or are you kind of currently satisfied with how accommodating dcu is for you
4: i'm not currently satisfied uh with how things are handled i think there's a lot more that even the su could do like we had our diversity week um there last week and i was a little bit disappointed like i know there was we we set the the dcu um statue in purple but unless you knew that meant was for Diversity Week, you, you didn't really know what that yeah, was. Yeah, I
0: don't think many people would have known unless they saw it actually being published somewhere, mm-hmm. I'd say.
4: Um, As of now, as, as I'm aware, we don't even have a... DC, a D, in, within the SU, we don't even have a disability officer, as far as I'm aware, and a uh, disability... Which most universities which, do yeah, have. Which most, say. like, and um even Trinity have, have an absolutely. Her name escapes me, but they've been absolutely stellar, um, officer for for disability affairs there. And disability does come under the umbrella of welfare. However, so does accommodation and rent, and those are um, issues that the SU have been looking at, and they seem to take up a lot of their time. Um, but we really should have a disability, a disability officer, and to have uh, more of an include more of a discussion, an ongoing discussion, not on just one week. And, um, I do think that let's say with the disability office might provide supports, um, but you, you, you have to be registered with them to, 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 to know that. And it's very much an us and them at the moment, like even, um, that's the way that I feel. And even if you look at our buildings, um, they did this infamous uh, door outside the Henry Grattan, that accessible door was broken for how many weeks? And if you look at the engine well, not maybe not necessarily the engineering building, but the nursing building, the science building, um a lot of our buildings don't have even e- like ease of access to get into them. And I'm surprised that these are things that have gone under the radar and I do feel that the SU could really do a lot more and um I do think that the s u sabbatical officers that we have are stellar in other areas, but I remember when it came to election time last year, I didn't see any mention in their manifesto of any disability um uh, issues, and I hope that whoever runs for the upcoming year um includes us in their manifesto Brilliant. so.
0: You're kind of speaking about there how in the Henry Grattan, like say the door was broken and stuff like that. and Mm -hmm. We do see students, Well, I definitely see students, you know, using that door when they don't have a disability. And I don't think, you know, people don't mean to do that in, you know, a malicious way. Do you think that, you know, students should be, you know, thinking more of others and how like just even something as simple as not using the door, you know, really can help someone who needs to use that door?
4: Um... I, like I, do, I do think so because the more you use something the, the more likely it's going to break um, and that's actually something that other people have said to me is not necessarily something I've openly said you know or past comment about but yeah like some like sometimes it's a cue to use that door you know instead
0: of just opening, instead of the, just door opening the door the most people who are using that door are capable of, of using the other door
4: yeah now having said that look the the college could do a revamp of their doors overall and not make them as heavy, you know. That, that for everyone, you could see that because they are quite heavy, you, you know. You don't have to have a disability to find them tricky, but um, I do think we kind of need to just be a bit more o- aware of these things. And if, if you notice something, say it. Nothing is going to get done unless you see it or unless it's said on something like you know, like Newswire. And if you have any suggestions. And if we want, let's say, for the upcoming academic year to have a disability officer, if we go to the SU and say, look, these are the issues that we have at hand, you really should have a designated person to look at these things, because the welfare, Ashlyn Fagan, I'm sure, is, is um, you know, she's a lot on, on, on her uh, agenda at the moment, and um, having looking at disability Issues really has a mm-hmm. you really need an a niche eye. You need to have a really keen observing eye for these things. And unless maybe you are um just particularly aware, you're not going to you know even suggest something like well maybe should able bodied people not not use those those doors. So um yeah if you if you notice anything don't keep it to yourself. <laughs> Will do. Uh, thank you so
0: much for joining us well, on News you so, very much
4: Thank you.
2: Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, thank you all for tuning in to Newswire today. I'm
0: Sabrine Donahoe. And I'm Kira Lachlan. Remember, you can always keep up to date with us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at DCUMPS News, And we also go live again tomorrow at 6pm.